Good morning, Wrestling Time to get it going. Wake on up. It's me, your managing editor for Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman. Joined as always as I am here every Wednesday on the Winkly by our good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Good day, Nicholas. Yes, good day to you. What a great day. Uh, we've got a lot to get to here, but I, you know, the last time we talked, you teased you were going to go off and, and do something special with Triple H and Stephanie. You have done that thing. Let's get right to it here. What was it like last week for you? What was it last Wednesday or Thursday that you were at the uh, the uh, the Children's Hospital? Last Thursday. Yeah, I guess I, I just realized I haven't talked to you on the air since. Yeah, that was last Thursday. Um they, they came into town. Uh, Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh has become a big thing for WWE. It is the the origin of Connor's cure. It's where Connor was treated. It's um, you know so it's 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 this is the birthplace of Connor's cure. Uh, Stephanie sits on the board now at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. So okay, um, you know they're very involved here, and it was something they did last May. In fact, they actually donated a a million dollars of their own money. Wow. Um, to finance this treatment room and you can go and read about it it, 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 it gets very technical it's, it's talking about a specific type um, of treatment it deals with radiation um, and, and it's and it's for uh, the rare types of pediatric cancer um, including one of the you know the type that that unfortunately Connor was battling and it's a treatment room that it's not like it's not like children's hospital Pittsburgh was like the only hospital that didn't have one or they or they only had a couple and they wanted more like it's, they didn't have this treatment at all, and um, you know it was hundreds of miles to the next hospital that that to where, to where a child could get the kind of treatment that this um, that, that this provides. So it was a big deal. So they cut the ribbon. Um, I, I, I as I've talked about on my social a little bit, um, you know, I was you know thrilled to get an invite from them personally. Um, I still was allowed, even though I was there pegged and labeled as a guest. In the guest area of theirs, I was, which had a lot of other WWE employees and production people, um, I was able to still slide over to the media area, and they were kind enough to to, to let me record uh, them talking uh, some, which I played some of that audio, and yeah. I know we ran some of it on Wrestling Inc. So it was just a really cool event. Um, it was it was emotional. They played a video that showed this unfortunate situation of a little boy who did uh, lose his battle with the type of cancer, um, and it was you know, real emotional. Stephanie got real emotional speaking, as did. Uh, you know, Paul Levesque, Triple H. Um, so it, it was just a, a ball of emotion, ultimately doing good um, that they can hopefully help uh, by in, in instituting this treatment room. So it was a really, really cool event. Well, doc, talk to me a little bit about a little bit more about what it was like to actually be with them, because like I feel like the most jaded of wrestling fans have latched on to that comment uh, Stephanie made about you know charity being the new form of of advertising and everything. And I think it would be very easy to look at events like this and say, okay, well this is. You know, this is a very nice gesture here, but you know, I, I think a lot of people underestimate the emotion that actually goes into these type things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, there are cameras there. Yes, this was something that they did allow to be publicized. Um, it was not like, I mean, this was not like a press conference. I mean, it was very. There wasn't a ton of media there. Everybody was kind of carefully filtered. Like, so what? This was not, you know, an all publicity event. I mean, obviously, it's good PR. Yes, they spoke about it on the record. Yes. But yeah, there's a lot of genuine emotion, and and what people don't know, and I'm coming to find out by being able to attend these kind of things, is you know they arrive very early and and tour tour these hospitals, uh, tour the hospital, tour the hospital on this particular day, 
Um, there's oftentimes that when they do come for Raw or SmackDown like they did earlier this month, and I was walking around with some of the superstars like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, many times Stephanie and Triple H do show up to the hospital. They don't tell the public. They don't make themselves available for cameras. They try not to even be seen. They show up and they will just try to go around if they know there's any patients that are big fan, you know, wrestling fans and um, you know, even the nurses and the doctors have gotten to know them and the nurses and doctors who are into wrestling or who have a son or a daughter who went to it, you know, they, they go out of the way to remember names and take pictures and bring a toy belt or whatever they can do. I mean, this is, there's a lot of them. They have a lot of emotional stake in this. It starts obviously with Connor. That's what kicks all this off. Uh, Connor's father was in attendance last Thursday for this um, ribbon cutting, you know, but there's a lot of genuine emotion. They brought their daughters, Stephanie and Triple H brought their daughters. I mean, like this, this is this is a this is a family affair uh, in terms of being um, being this personally invested in in Connor's cure and the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh and just just in general helping kids. There you go. Very positive story. Uh, thank you for the insight, Justin. Great way to start the show off here. Uh, I got a good feeling about it today. We are on the road to WrestleMania officially now, and uh, we got a ton of WrestleMania news to get to here today, along with a couple other pro wrestling news items. Later in the show, we got two new interviews for you all out there. Uh, the first interview we're going to air uh, right after the news is going to be the interview I did with Lucha Underground executive producer and former WWE writer, Krista Joseph, a.k.a. Big Dick Johnson. Uh, this interview was recorded before the breaking Lucha Underground news that they had settled their lawsuit, which was yesterday, and it was also recorded before they officially announced that the women will main event WrestleMania. So we do talk a bit about those uh, things in there uh, before the, the news had officially broken, but you guys are just going to really like it. My favorite part of this is Chris explaining the process of actually having to write a WrestleMania, what that is like working with Vince and everything. Uh, and then right after uh, the Chris and Joseph interview, you're also going to hear an interview that our good friend Scott Fishman did with uh, de- with uh, with the legendary. I think he's WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi. Kishi's a, a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Correct. Oh, good. I got that right. Wonderful. So you're going to hear from Rikishi today. You're going to hear from Krista Joseph today. And before we get to the news, I got a cool thing I want to announce for everybody. Uh, we went to the drawing board a couple weeks ago uh, to decide a new logo slash t-shirt design to put in our pro wrestling t-shirts. We wanted a badass t-shirt that you guys could start to buy and wear, especially uh, Mania Weekend. So if you like the site, if you like the Winkly, head over to Pro Wrestling Tees, find the Wrestling Inc. store, we have what I am calling the Johnny the Jack Journalist Wrestling Inc. t-shirt. They asked me what I thought we should make the new like logo or design for the shirt. And I said we should have a wrestler whose gimmick is being a pro wrestling journalist. And we gave that idea to a cartoonist who did a wonderful job. And it is a badass design of this like jacked pro wrestling journalist with a, a variation of our logo. Uh, it's very cool. Go check it out. You're going to love it, Justin. This thing is incredible looking. I Just by the way you're describing it, I, I like it. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's a good gimmick. Yeah, dude. It's like this Jack Journalist dude. And he's like got the press hat on and he's got the notepad and everything. So it's $19.99. If you order now, you get it in time for Mania. Wear it around. Support the site. Let us know. Tweet out photos of you wearing the shirt. Very cool shirt. Available now. And uh, I, I just I know you guys are going to love it. All right. Let's get to it. The news you can news the news you can use news that will leave a bruise and we're going to start with our big WrestleMania news dump to start the show. Of course, the big news coming out of last night's SmackDown. Well, there's two big pieces of news coming out of last night's SmackDown, but Charlotte Flair defeated Asuka for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. As of now, 
Charlotte's newly won title is not going to be on the line at WrestleMania. Now, before we get into all the reactions of everybody that was involved and affected by this decision, what was your take about how this went down, Justin? Abrupt. Um, you know, I did not see that coming when I woke up yesterday morning. Obviously, I think that pretty much kind of, if in fact that title's not going to be up for grabs, if it's only Ronda's title that's up uh, on the line at WrestleMania, that kind of certainly speaks to what we all assumed would happen, which at least I, at least I think we all assumed, which is Becky wins that uh, title off of Ronda. Uh, Ronda takes some time off, and then now we now we have you know Becky and Charlotte, you know the two next biggest commodities in the women's division, each holding a world title, and then there's a the superstar shakeup right after that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's abrupt. And then obviously I know we're going to touch on it, uh, even more entertaining perhaps is reading the reaction, which seems to be a legitimate reaction, not, uh, okay, we're scripting you to go tweet this, uh, from the girls who got the, uh, got the, got the, got, got pushed aside from even challenging to be uh, an opponent for Oscar. Yeah. Well, it does appear that this decision was made abruptly because uh, Carmelo was tweeting out a video promoting the women's fatal four-way match that was supposed to happen on SmackDown Live last night between Carmella, Naomi, Mandy, and Sonya. Obviously, that was scrapped. So all four of these women, uh, apparently it looks like finding out the day of that they're not going to, they're no longer going to get a shot at the women's uh, SmackDown title, uh, women's title at WrestleMania. Uh, Asuka, in her loss, all she tweeted was over shades of Finn Balor there. And, you know, we'll, I'll, we'll try to take these one or two at a time here. But Asuka is, let's be real here, she's still very over. This was the case I made just before they put the title on her. The fans still react to her. I don't really know that it's going to affect her either way, But I, I, other than the fact that I think she probably should be presented a little bit more prominently at WrestleMania. Yeah, and what, what kind of is a head-scratcher to me is what, you know, look, like they knew WrestleMania, <clears throat> you know, management and creative and booking, everybody, obviously you know WrestleMania's coming. You know you're having a superstar shakeup afterwards. They probably have known for a while that they're going with Becky and that Ronda's going to at least be gone for a, you know, a little bit of time, just if, if nothing else, just to you know, reset. Um, so what? Why this decision got made now? Like why? You know, if, if they knew, you know, what all of a sudden had the light bulb go off on Vince or whoever to say, you know what, it needs to be Charlotte and Becky who are each holding a title, not uh, not Becky and, and Asuka, or, I mean, I don't know. It just, the abruptness just is, is a bit of a head scratcher. It's kind of like, I, I'm just surprised that they, it took them to this long to get to that conclusion. I don't know. I, well, there's a couple ways you could go here. I think you could still pull in Charlotte's title, obviously, right? Like on, on raw or SmackDown next week, which but, I would like, by the way, because I think that would be very bizarre. If to me, that's very bizarre to have a triple threat with two titles involved in it. And, and, one not to change hands. I don't know. I think your son agrees with you, Justin. Is that yes? Him? I know. Is yes, that, it's him. Is that him in the background screaming about the booking for the women's? <laughs> that that is that is. He's he, he's not a fan of uh, of of not all titles being put on the line. <laughs> Man, uh, CSR and training. Um. Now, uh, yeah. No, I I think you're right. I I think it is weird for her to have the title and not for it to be on the line. Do you do all or nothing, or do you do like uh, two falls where the first one is for the Raw title, second one's for the SmackDown title? So. You know, Charlotte still has a title. Becky still has a title at the at the end of Mania. I think that would be too complicated. I think you just make it all in one. It's one fall to the finish. We end the night with somebody holding up both titles. And then you can make the decision, okay, are you unifying the titles? Or are you somehow going to have, you know, are you going to somehow shake it up in the Superstar Shake-Up? But I, I think it'd be a, it, it just, it's, it's a better selling point to say, you know, three women, two titles, one winner. You know, I, I think it's just a better selling point versus 
having to then start explaining rules of falls and, and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've seen a couple people online. There's two, uh, two lines of thoughts that I've seen about Becky and Charlotte, both holding a title at the end of mania. That is, that seemed compelling to me. The first would be, you could have your four horsewomen shot of these two, along with uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, all holding gold, having that moment at the end of WrestleMania, which seems, which seems like something WWE would love to have. You know, they love those kinds of moments to close WrestleMania, but also at the same time, at the same time, Becky is the champ on one side, Charlotte is the champ on the other. If you can keep them apart for quite a bit of time, that that certainly would make a nice collision course here for like a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the four horsemen of WWE all holding titles. That is that is a, an interesting image to think about. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple people. Some people have already photoshopped this photo together. I've got it about a dozen times in my timeline now. Uh, showing all four of these women holding gold there. So, you know, food for thought. I mean, I could see them maybe keeping the title on Charlotte. Again, whether it's, you know, first fall Raw, second fall at SmackDown, or they just don't put Charlotte's title on the line at all. Um, it keeps them separate. And then rolling out of, of WrestleMania here, you know, Charlotte's obviously got some built-in people that, that are looking for uh, title shots. Carmella, Naomi, Mandy, and Sonya, the four women, uh, and Asuka, uh, the five women here that were screwed out of a, of a WWE title match here at WrestleMania. Carmella, uh, or Mandy here, tweeted out, putting all the equity in the wrong blonde. Uh, Sonya tweeted, I am a very, very patient person with a long fuse, but let me tell you when it blows, you won't want to be anyone in my way. Uh, Carmella tweeted, push through, and then Naomi tweeted, Yelp, or whelp, sorry. Um, but my favorite here is, of all these women who have chimed in, you know who else chimed in? Lana. Lana. Lana had to get in. Had to get in on this. <laughs> she said, I see there are a lot of hashtag salty tweets that four women <laughs> didn't get their number one contender opportunity tonight. Well, join the hashtag salty club. Maybe now you understand why I stay hashtag salty. I feel like Lana should start having her entrance where she's like dumping salt in front of her as she walks to the ring. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. And then I can fix her like really bad creative decisions coming. Like um, she's walking around dumping salt on herself. And then here comes No Way Jose with the, the conga line and margaritas. And now we got margaritas and salt. I don't know. I feel like there's a whole, whole rabbit hole of creative booking going down the salty line. You're missing the, you're missing the obvious uh, tell here, which is that she throws salt in the guy's eyes to help uh, Rusev win matches. Yeah, but they're Russian. They're not Japanese. No, it's just, it's a twist. It's a twist <laughs> on an old classic, Justin. The old salt in the eyes from Lana there. Uh, you know, all these women rightfully. You know, I, well, first of all, rightfully they have to be upset for finding out last second like this. Uh, but second of all, I think now we're getting a better look at what this women's battle royal landscape is going to be looking like here. And I, you know, I think the obvious pick here to win the women's battle royal now has got to be Asuka, right? You think, and then the, here's the real question. So we, we saw all the, we, as we just touched on, all those women that were going to be involved in that match yesterday uh, who are salty. Uh, I wonder <laughs> which one of the women, or if they knew, was set to win and become the number one contender to challenge Asuka, because that's the one who would really, really be salty if they just lost out on, a, on having a title match at Mania. Even if they even if they believe that they weren't going to beat Asuka, still, just to have a title match at Mania is a big deal, and... I'm not sure how pay structures are these days, but traditionally, oh, that was that's a bump in pay. So that's the one who's really salty, and I wish I knew which one that was. Well, here's the thing: when I thought about, because I thought about that too, I wouldn't be surprised if they hadn't told which any one of them that they were going to win. Because part of me feels like you know, they, there's the phrase "working the boys." Part of me feels like they could have been working the girls, and they knew the whole time that they were not going to go through with this match, but they did not want it to get out. 
that they were going to do this last second swerve. That's very possible. That's very possible. That is, that is not that is not uh, above and beyond the way that things could have gone down in pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a great way to keep a secret under wraps. Just lie to everybody, right? <laughs> Including Oscar. <laughs> hey, just you know, we're just gonna lie to you and tell you you're gonna go to Mania as our other women's champ, and then oh, <laughs> at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Uh, never mind, you're gonna drop it tonight. Mm. Well, maybe Oscar had it. Maybe Oscar had. Not, I don't know. You could fantasy write, fantasy book, whatever happened backstage. But that that crossed my head here. Maybe these women, you know, were being being worked a little bit by management. It it has happened in wrestling. Uh, we'll switch gears here. The other story coming out of SmackDown last night, obviously, was that Kofi Kingston has finally battled through, not just Kofi, but the New Day has battled through to get Kofi Kingston his rightful WWE champion shot against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania as Big E and Xavier Woods fought through the latest gauntlet match thrown at the New Day from Vince McMahon. Uh, look, hard to argue, Justin. People are way behind Kofi Kingston right now. Um, I, it was a great build. It would be very sad to see him not see this through and win the title at WrestleMania. It would, but it's not a guarantee that he wins it. No, uh, it especially, is not. You know, it just, it's just not, you know, it's not going to be the last match as we know now. So, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's just quite possible that, um, you know, he doesn't win and, and WWE just hopes that the fan support sticks with him. Um, I will say though, by, you know, we kept wondering and talking, okay, when are they just going to make the damn match official? We know what's happening. When are they just going to make it official? And they finally did last night and they did it. Not by what Kofi did, but as you said, by what his partners had to do and earn it for him, so to speak. Um, that, to me, is a very, very... It doesn't mean they're going to do this, but it, it is an obvious option now of if Kofi does win the title, uh, one or both of those men turning their backs on him quickly. And, of course, simple promo. We had to win it just to get you in. You know, I don't you know. I mean, it's just, it's just an obvious thing. You ask, you ask, you ask the teammate. You know, they, they have the teammates win a series of matches in which gets Kofi in. I mean, that, that, that seems like it's an obvious thing for a stabbing in the back uh, after he wins the title, if he would do so. Yeah, and, you know, I, I could very easily see Daniel Bryan, you know, cheating to win here at Mania somehow. Uh, you know, that'd be a ton of heat on him coming out of WrestleMania. You know, obviously, as we're going to build him to whatever's going to be coming next, I could see it going either way. That's why it makes it a compelling WrestleMania match. But the reason I could see Daniel here cheating, winning, getting more heat is because on the other side of the coin here now, we're going to have The Miz and Shane McMahon battling in a Falls Count Anywhere match uh, at WrestleMania, a match that I think better suits the Shane McMahon style here, where he likes to do all kinds of crazy, wacky things. And look, I thought Miz put on a show last night on SmackDown Live. The fire he showed, brawling with all the security guards, brawling with Sanity, who I guess have abandoned anarchy in favor of a, a paycheck for the corporation. You know, whatever. <laughs> like, uh... I thought he looked great here, and I think good guy Miz versus bad guy Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam, that still strikes me as, as very engaging. Yeah, false counting anywhere. I just said definitely the right um, context and, 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 and boundaries, or lack thereof, for Shane to perform at WrestleMania. And uh, you know what I'd love to see? I'd love, uh, since this is kind of, you know, since we're kind of seeing a new side of the Miz, not just, you know, babyface Miz like this, but I would love to see Miz get some color. Oh, I think we'll see that. I think we'll see that. I think we'll see that. I What I, what I you know... I have no, I have no doubts that the match between these two at WrestleMania will be very good. I'm thinking about Sanity though, man. Like, what happened here? Are they the Spirit Squad now? Like, I was shocked that they, <laughs> I was shocked that they came out. I mean, I could see. I mean, seriously though, like, if go back and watch the WrestleMania match between Sean and Vince, Spirit Squad's in that match. They, you know, they were the muscle there for a while. I just, 
I don't know. If, if I don't know if this was a one-off or, or if Shane has well, legitimately bought Sanity here, but I like well, the pairing, you know? Well, look, it was either Sanity or the Mean Street Posse. So which which one do you want? This is bad guy Shane. Bad guy Shane has Sanity, the guys that don't bathe and wear nice pop collars and polo shirts. Different to switch. Anyway. No, it, was, it was weird, though. When you see the collection of people standing in front of Shane, you see Sanity... And one of the colognes, it, it's just oh, like, that's right. That's right. it was just, it made me think of Ready to Rumble where like they had like these random pairings of WCW guys that were the different good guy and bad guy stables. It like made, you know, here comes Bam Bam Bigelow and Perry Saturn. Like it was just this random, all random, made no sense. I think Shelton Benjamin was one of the lackeys too last night for Shane McMahon. I think you're right. Yeah. Which I feel bad for. I feel bad for Shelton too, because like two weeks ago, it looked like he could be a Paul Heyman guy. You know, when he came out and attacked Seth there, and they had that match. Uh, you know, to to throw a swerve there at everybody. So people got excited about that. But here he is now. He's Putty Patrol. He's he's the Spirit Squad with the rest of Sanity and the. Cologne. You think? You think Sanity and Shelton are salty? They're probably salty. Now you understand why Lotta stays salty. Hashtag salty. Uh, all right, lastly here in our WrestleMania news dump, uh, Joan Jett has been officially announced to play Ronda Rousey to the ring with the song Bad Reputation. What a cool thing. It is going to be amazing to hear the loud mixture of cheering and booing as they love Joan Jett and they hate Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Joan Jett's going to be up past her bedtime by the time this by the time she takes the stage. I'm not even trying to think about it, man, cuz like, you know, I, you'll be there, right? You'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, of course. Start- I, I mean, I, I I I don't make I make no secrets about this. In the last couple years for Mania, I do not get in my seat until within about maybe 20 minutes of the formal part of the show starting. So I I just I because I just I know how long it's going to be. So again, I'm doing the tailgate prior to which, you know, people can join for 55 bucks, all you can eat, all you can drink. Cheap plug. Uh, right outside the parking lot. I mean, I plan. I mean, when we're going to tailgate, you know, it's going to start well before the kickoff show starts. But even through the kickoff show, I'm not. I mean, I, it sucks because I know I'll miss the matches, but I just, I, I, I just can't get myself in there at five thirty, knowing that I'm going to be there until midnight. Yeah, uh, I will be. Uh, I think in the press box, <laughs> so I will be. I will be up there and watching the whole thing. All the kickoff show, all of it, Justin. And, I mean, the show's not going to be – what do you think? Because it starts at 7 Eastern, but the kickoff's 5 Eastern, right? Will, I think so, yeah. Will this go after midnight Eastern? Will the show end after midnight Eastern? Um, I'm, I'm going to say no in hopes. They, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I'm going to say no in the hopes of right now we don't know of, a rest, uh, of an Undertaker entrance. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. The, it's possible. It's, it really is possible. We're going to have like 17 matches. This is insane. The, the worst part is like after Mania is over, you're like, I want to go party with everybody and do the post Mania party and everything. But the last year or so, man, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to. Nobody, nobody ever stays up anymore. I feel like none of the fun people ever stay out that late after Mania. So I'm actually making, I'm actually making a point to stay at a different hotel on Sunday just so it's a hotel that it's actually uh, right right near MetLife, just so that way I can get out and get somewhere quick and go lay down, have a drink, do whatever I feel like I want to do by the time Mania is over. Because that's the other thing. If for anybody listening who's never gone to, to WrestleMania at MetLife, um, it, it, it's the worst experience I've had. And this will be my 10th or 11th WrestleMania. It's the worst experience I've had trying to get out of the building, like out of the parking lot. Like, it's, I mean... I, it, it took a couple hours last time. I'm not exaggerating. Hours. So 
Um, I, and I was not dealing with that. So I'm in a situation now where I'm walking because I, I to get to where I need to go after for words, which is a hotel, because I, I just, this is going to be insane. I mean, it really, it's going to be insane. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that part either. Um, and you know what? A little bit of good advice there for everybody for coming into WrestleMania there from a veteran like Justin Labar way to switch up the hotel last second there to make it easy on your life. Um, I have a lot of veteran tips I can give, but most of them I'm not going to give on the air. Oh, come on. Just spill the beans here. Uh, that's, that's a good one for now. Uh, let's see here. How far away is my hotel? Now you got me interested. How far am I staying from uh, MetLife State here? I'll choose this one. Let's go from the A block. Oh, oh I'm staying like 20 minutes from MetLife. I can I can take this walk. That's fine. <laughs> I'll saunter my way home in my tie. Uh, all right, uh, Raw's now. Here's the thing on on similar related uh, WrestleMania news here. Uh, Raw viewership last night uh, was down for the fifth ro- week in a row. I had not been keeping track of of the Raw viewership here, uh, but this is the fifth week in a row they dropped. They dropped four percent. Uh, the average viewership dropped four percent from last week to two point five eight nine million. The last highest rated show. Uh, so five weeks ago, the the, the last highest rated this show before they did this five week run of, of ratings declining it was on february 25th it was the post elimination chamber raw it averaged 2.922 million views million viewers i don't usually take a lot of stock in like ratings and stuff justin but it doesn't seem good that for five straight weeks people seem to be losing interest in the uh, the marquee show of wwe heading into wrestlemania I agree. And to anybody listening right now who, oh, the bars, the WWE kiss ass, or oh, he's a pro WWE guy, or he's up, up, up Triple H and Stephanie's ass. Okay, here you go. It is worrisome. It is worrisome, and it, sh- and it, and it is a reflection in WWE, because you're right, there should not be this kind of, if there's one time, if there's one series of four to six weeks that you should always be able to count on if you're WWE, that you're going to have increasing or at least steady viewership, it's in the four to six weeks approaching Mania. That's not been the case. Now, there's just, you know, there's been, I mean, I think we can all agree this has been some of the most craziest left-hand turn booking with the swerves and, this, and, the, and the swerving around that, that some of these stories have had. Um, I think it's also worth noting you, you have a WrestleMania that doesn't have John Cena anywhere in the advertisement or, or the build of, of the episodes leading up to it, doesn't have an Undertaker, doesn't have a Rock. I mean, like, you know that I mean, which you know, which look back at a mania in the last however many years, and that's that's never been the case. So you've always had at least one or all three. So you know, I mean, I and I think that's it's all a reflection. It's all a combination. I mean, now again, if you're WWE, they don't really care what what I'm saying or what you're saying about this because I mean, I I, I hope they care, but probably in their eyes, mania sold out. Ticket prices on the resale market right now are insane. Uh, they're gonna make a lot of money all all weekend long. So I mean, I, I guess to some point to them, it's like well. How how important is it? I don't know. But do you think we see a, a formally announced Cena match this year for WrestleMania, or do you think he'll be a surprise, or not at all? Well, of those three, uh, I think he'd be a surprise. You think he'd be a surprise? I get the vibe he's gonna be a surprise too. I even feel like him and Rock together, maybe crashing the Elias concert or something like that. You know, that seems like a fun moment getting those two together right now. Yeah, uh, I think actually all three of the guys that I said that were lacking, Rock, Cena, Taker, I think all three are possibilities. Um, for for like you said, like an Elias type segment. Um, I think again, you know, WWE again, they, they've got the they got the stadium sold as I just said. Um, you know, they still have things to hang their hat on the, the women's main event and and Brock and, and and Kofi and and all that. So I think they are in a position now to where if you think you're going to see Cena, Taker, Brock, Conor McGregor, any of that, I think it is going to be all will make it be a surprise to help elevate the reaction and the overall rating that this mania is going to get from fans. Uh, I'm looking at the 
uh, card right now for WrestleMania, and there are 14 announced matches. But the interestingly here, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is announced, but there is no women's battle royal formally announced at this time. Well, that, and I think that'll probably change next week. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Change of pace. Let's talk about the revival for a second. Having some fun with all the smartest fans in pro wrestling. Uh, they were at a WWE live event, and they posted with a they posed with a fan in the front row who was wearing a sweater with the AEW logo splashed right across it. And they looked at that fan and they said, "We'll see you in May," which uh, which would make everybody think, "Oh, the revival is going to be a double or nothing." And, and Dave Meltzer tweets out, "Money isn't everything." And then the revival says, "Ain't that the truth?" And then this other guy on Twitter he posts a photo of his kids wearing the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships, and the revival's like, "Don't wish being the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions on your children," you know, as if it is an insult. Uh, I think they're having fun with everybody. What do you think of uh, all these revival quips? Yeah, I think it's fun. First off, how do we? Nobody can prove that what that fan said that they actually said. We'll see in May. We'll see Secondly, in May. Uh, I can also see the revival and their personalities just saying it just to be funny, just to just to <laughs> be whatever. Yes. Um, thirdly, uh, was it, I mean, like their contracts don't end before May, and that would then. I mean, what I mean, what WWE's just gonna say? Okay. Stick around. We'll let you leave just in time, just before, so you can go do AEW. No, that's not happening. Um, I just think they're having fun. Well, how crazy would this be? How crazy would it be if, like, the revival and Dean Ambrose and anybody else who we've had the rumor of unhappiness? What if they all form like their own like NW? What if they recopy the NWO storyline? They all make it look like they're AEW, and then they end up just forming some kind of outlaw fact faction that obviously is, of course, in WWE. Oh, sure. Why not? You know, why not? Have some fun with it. I, I applaud them for having fun with it. I think that this is just a great way to, to mess with the fans and uh, everything like that. It is, you know, a little telling. Their their raw tag title reign has not been the strongest. But, yeah, like you said, their their contracts aren't up till April 2020, I believe. So they're, they're not going anywhere. I think you're going to continue to get more of this, honestly. Uh, TMZ, oh, my favorite follow-up of the day because I didn't talk to you. I, I went off a little bit yesterday about Total Bellas, but I haven't talked to you about it yet. So TMZ reporting that Nikki Bella still has a great relationship with WWE following her announced retirement on the season finale of Total Bellas. She still loves wrestling and would be interested in making appearances when the time is right. And that word is that she's going to serve as a WWE ambassador, but that's yet to be confirmed by WWE. Uh, the Bellas uh, officially done with WWE and, and wrestling, it, it would seem, at least for the time being. Um, what do you make of the decision here for Nikki to, to walk away, Justin? I mean, it's nothing else she can do. I mean, she's done every, literally everything there is to do. Um, it, you know, and obviously there's not. I mean, I think she can even see she she did her, her spot. She did her thing. They got a you know the, the the depth and the health of the division is at its best now. Not to say there's not a place for her, but I mean, it's just it's not needed. And she's got I mean, she's like what 35. She's got a lot of other business endeavors, which she's which she always has. She's been on the road for over 10 years, so that makes total sense to want to get off the road. Um, I mean, I mean, and it's kind of funny, TMZ. I mean, like, what do you expect? Of course, she's leaving on a good relationship. Like her, her brother-in-law is a world champion. Her father, her stepfather-in-law, you know, has been in the front office for twenty years. Um, like, you know, it's not like they're just, you know, if they're still doing the reality show, WWE is our executive producers. Kevin Dunn and Vince are executive producers of the, of the reality show. So, I mean, yeah, of course, she's going to still be in a good relationship. Um, with the company, I mean, nothing, nothing about this is really surprising. I, there's, some, there's some, still some weirdness here. I don't know about to me. 
about because if you watch the show, did you watch season finale yet? I did not. Okay. So she, they do the whole thing. You follow the women's revolution up to up and through evolution, through the eyes of the Bella Twins. Again, go watch it. It's great. Um, but then the episode after the evolution episode, which is the season finale, Nikki kind of goes off on the European tour for two weeks after evolution. And then at the end of the tour, just decides, like, you know what? I'm done. Just kind of makes the call. So I think she maybe caught everybody by surprise. But then the last shot of the show, and they never show her talking to him. They never show them dating they never show anything. She just takes off on a motorcycle with Artem. And I think that uh, I think that she wants to be with him, and I, I would love to know more about that relationship. I thought I was very surprised you heard nothing from this man in the season finale. So many questions at the end of the season finale. Daniel Bryan turns heel at the end of that episode. So many questions, Justin. I want to see more. Oh, what are you implying? I, I feel like you're. I feel like you're implying something. I, look, she seemed like she didn't feel like she belonged in WWE at that time. She needed to step away. I think it's interesting that Brie like gave her the opening there, like just before with her retirement. I don't know. I want to. I want to hear more about when her and Artem. I want to know how John feels about Artem. Honestly, I want to know what's going on here. My favorite thing is that Nikki Bella announced that she's retiring, and like literally within like 36 hours, I start seeing headlines of Nikki Bella says doors open for a potential return. It's like, come on, this. Like, I know retirements in wrestling are like a, a huge joke, but like at least at least sell it for a couple of weeks before we start the "I'd be open for a return" headline. Oh, she'll be back. She'll she definitely like. Here's the thing: is that's why I say it was weird for me to her for her to walk away because she trained really hard for that Ronda match. I don't think the match with Ronda was bad. I I don't know why. I don't know why she walked when she did, because I think that there was more for her to do, especially right now. She'd be a very compelling character in the current women's division. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, but again, good for her. She's got other things she can do, so I mean, good by her. All right. Peter, I'll, say, I'll, say, I'll okay. say this, too, just, just on the shallow side of things. Well, not shallow, but you know what I mean. Um, obviously, you know, every every female in WWE is... Is, is is very attractive obviously i will say this i think and i'll put her you can put her up next to anybody currently or, or the kelly kelly's or the Lita's or anybody i think nikki bella is easily in the top two or three always in the conversation of most physically attractive uh WWE females ever by the way yeah paid good money for it i mean she worked very hard <laughs> e for it e well i mean e even 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 brie who who does not have the paid good money of uh, yeah, sure. uh, bonus? She's still just you know, yeah. incre incredibly naturally beautiful. Yeah, and, and look, they've got successful businesses out outside of wrestling. It's just for me the timing. Like if you just go watch it, it's just weird to me because I'm like Nikki genuinely seems to be invested in wrestling. She seems like she knows her spot in wrestling. I don't know. Why, I don't know why. I don't know why she did it. So I want to. I want to learn more. All right, uh, PWInsider.com reporting. Uh, that uh, via local New York radio listings, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is officially going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So it seems like there was maybe an early release that included him in that. Uh, he'll probably be the last inductee here. You know, of course, there was the rumor we talked about yesterday about Hulk possibly be uh, being the one who inducts him this year. Uh, but that he joins the class of DX, Tori Wilson, Harlem Heat, Honky Tonk Man, Hart Foundation, and Sue Aitchison, uh, who's going to be getting the Warrior Award. How do you feel about this year's Hall of Fame class? Does it grip you? Does it make you want to go watch the ceremony? I mean, I'm going to be there. Uh, I'll be, and there actually still is some tickets left in the luxury suite through Ticket King with me. I mean, I'll be there, and I enjoy these ceremonies. I enjoy everybody. I enjoy getting dressed up, seeing everybody else dressed up. You know, the speeches are always interesting. Uh, so, you know, I mean, and, and they, all of these people have potential 
to give interesting speeches just because they've all been in the business for as long as they have. And, you know, so there's always story potential. Um, but in terms of, in terms of, you know, I'm not as, I'm not as, um, I'm not as intrigued by this class as I have been past classes. Yeah. It's a little weird. I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe because the, the previous years, you know, got, you got not just the, the people being inducted, but the, who's inducting them. Like, I don't know if that pairing made it, made it a little bit more exciting or not, but it just seems like they, they breeze through the rollouts this year. I wonder how the hall of fame does honestly. Yeah. You know, it's on a different night. It's being moved to Saturday. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think your buddy Waltman even talked about somewhere, somewhere that they, that they're really going to try to really limit induction speeches down and, yeah. There was a time to keep this from going super long. Um, you know, another another factor that kind of takes away a little bit, and I, as I just said, I look forward to the stories, and I still do. But you know, okay, so um, you know, Sean's part of DX, you know, and we've obviously heard Sean give a speech before uh, at Hall of Fame. He's going in by himself. You know, the Hart Foundation. We've heard Brett before. So you know, there is a little bit of that. It's not like we're seeing people for the first time, or, or it's not like they're pulling. You know, it's not like they're pulling people out of the woodwork who we haven't seen or heard from in a while. Everybody who's you know, on this, with the exception of Beefcake, um, we see quite regularly. No, you're right. And Booker T, Harlem Heat, same deal. Honestly, now that you put it that way, the only, like, three original inductees this year that don't come with a group of people that haven't – and Shawn Michaels is already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the Honky Talk Band and Tori Wilson, and, and now Beefcake. Those are the three that would have no ties elsewhere to the Hall of Fame as it is. Right. You know, I mean, so, uh, you know, and obviously, again, you know, the outlaws can speak, and I'm sure everybody's waiting to hear what – what DX says when they want to honor China, because that's a hot button issue. But I bet, um, yeah. I bet Sean's, I bet Sean's the one who addresses it. Yeah, um, you know. So, but yeah, it, 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 there's nobody. You know, I mean, like like when Warrior went in, it was like, okay, here's Warrior, here's this great, mis- you know, mysterious figure, a lot of controversy. You know, when Sting, went, you know, it just we don't have that same intrigue this year. I was thinking about Warrior the other day when I was thinking of Hall of Fame. Isn't that crazy how he went out? Like Hall of Fame, Mania, awesome raw promo, ascends into the heavens. Like, what a wild story for that guy in the end there. Well, and what's crazy too is um, that morning, it was in New Orleans, that Tuesday morning after Raw, the person I was sitting with having breakfast, a friend of mine who was at Raw with me the night before, he, he, even, they, he says to me that Tuesday morning at breakfast, you know, Warrior didn't look so good. I, I hope he's okay. Like he, he looked like he was not doing well. And then, like, literally, like, an hour later, the news became public. <laughs> it was so creepy. That's wild. Uh, all right, last news here uh, before we get to the interviews. Former UFC heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez has officially signed with AAA. They did a press conference with uh, announcing it. He's going to make his in-ring debut on August, on August 3rd at Triple Mania 27 against a yet-to-be-named opponent. A thought of note worth mentioning here, uh, AAA now has a formal working relationship with AEW, where the, the Young Bucks are obviously the AAA World cha- uh, Tag Team Champions. They're going to face the Lucha Brothers for those titles at double or nothing. Uh, could possibly open the door to, to bringing Kane Velasquez into that mix? I don't know. What do you what do you make about uh, Kane Velasquez making the leap to pro wrestling? Not surprised. Obviously, it's becoming a more and more common thing over, over time and history, which is MMA people jumping over to pro wrestling. They can use their... Their name value, the box office value. Obviously, it's uh, you go into a physical situation where you know what's going to happen, uh, or at least, or at least for the most part, um, and you can make more money, guaranteed, of not having to have your nose broken or something. So uh, it makes a lot of sense. This time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a former WWE creative team member and the current co-executive producer of Lucha Underground. It's our good friend Krista Joseph. Chris, welcome back to the Winkley. 
Hey, Nick, how you doing, man? Thanks Good. No, my my pleasure. Thank you for coming back onto the show. You know, I you know I got to start off by saying I always kind of start these interviews with something dumb. Now, whenever I talk about you, I still have to show people a photo of you as Big Dick Johnson. Is that bad? That that's like my gut <laughs> reaction, where I'm like, this is no, what I'm it's talking not that bad. Okay. No, it happens all the time. I mean, if I go for an interview, anything, somehow, some way, that pic- the, a picture of that pops up. So, uh, okay. yeah, there's really nothing I can do to avoid that, I don't think. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Uh, all right, well, let's get into it here. Uh, you are a co-executive producer for Lucha Underground. Uh, the reason I set this yep. up, and we'll, we'll talk a couple other things here, but um, I, w- I figured I'd go to one of the sources. You know, what, I- what is the latest on Lucha Underground Season 5? I mean, as of right now, I know that it's like completely up in the air. I don't think that any decision has been made on it. As you know, we haven't taped in almost a year now. It's not. It's getting close to that, maybe over a year <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure. It, it seems like it's uh, it's a bit in limbo, but uh, you know, I guess it's kind of a, a wait and see thing. I don't know how much longer we will have to wait to, to, to get a true answer. But uh, at this point, it's kind of out of my hands. What do you make of some of the talent complaints that they have been tied up with contracts? It seems like that's loosened up a little bit as of late. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I completely understand their concern. I mean, you know, um, I think when you sign up to do a show and you're hoping that you have the opportunity to work a lot, which I think every, everybody who worked on the show was hoping for that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a tough thing. It's a tough business, especially with, I mean, like, you know, ring of honor now going into the garden and doing stuff. And then you've got, you know, uh, AEW and then you've got WWE signing everybody. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it, the, the landscape of, of, of pro wrestling, there's so much opportunity out there. So I think it's a tough situation for them. Um, yeah. You know, I know that some did sign contracts, but, you know, it's 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 tough when you're when you know, one it, it was one thing if it was consistent, you know, I, I could understand. And we were shooting, you know, all, all year round or at least like the normal like. 40 episodes a year or something like that. I could, I could completely understand. Yeah. But you know, when you have a fluctuation between 40 episodes and, you know, 25 episodes or whatever the heck it was, um, you know, and then just, just a huge downtime in between. Uh, I think there's like two separate times where we're off for almost a year. It becomes kind of tough. Now I know they've given opportunity to people to, uh, to work impact and to do other things and work uh, other independent shows. But I, I definitely, understand the frustration of some talent. So hopefully those things get resolved uh, or, and, um, and, and everybody can end up uh, happier with it. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's interesting because you talk about the talent exchange with uh, impact wrestling, you know, Lucha underground, the name is still out there. Team impact is taking on team Lucha underground WrestleMania weekend. You know, Um, I do think, I I think it's kind of interesting how Lucha underground, the, the roster is, is finding its way into different promotions like impact. Sunny kiss is now with AEW. I mean, does yep. it, do you like that the, the talent swaps are happening? Or does it make you a little nervous? You're like, okay, well, our talent could get swept up in some of these other promotions. It may be hard to corral everybody here uh, if when we do a season five. I mean, the way I see it, it is what it is, and we'll have to address it. Like, I mean, I want everybody uh, to have the best opportunities and to work. Sure. Would you love to have all the pieces to to the puzzle? Yeah. But, you know, can you can we make something work? You know, if the show comes back, well, absolutely, absolutely, we'll have to figure something out. So, you know, I, I, look, I'm all for talent working anywhere and everywhere that they can. So, uh, you know, hey, 
I, I, I just I, I want people to to have success out there, so I, I completely understand. Okay, well, I'll flip the script here a little bit on you. Um, yep. Now, now <laughs> the talents obviously are finding ways to you know work with other promotions, working with Lucha Underground. But how does that fit for you? Are you in a position where you can work with other wrestling companies? Are you talking to other wrestling companies? Or are you still pot committed to to Lucha Underground right now? I mean, I will be committed to Lucha Underground. I'm also a producer of other television shows, so I do a bunch of other other things, uh, uh, reality TV shows, things like that. Um, but I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, I, <laughs> look, I'm I'm an independent contractor too, and and I would be available to do anything to work with anybody uh, should the opportunity arise, and it was the right situation. 100%, you know? Sure. I mean, you've obviously got a pedigree in the business. I mean, have you had any talks with AEW, Impact, ROH, New Japan, MLW, anybody like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. All right. But, Just wondering. Yeah, I mean, I, I would always, I would always keep, keep it open. Uh, you know, the one thing about working with Lucha Underground is kind of the, the creative freedom that I had there, which was pretty fun. But, uh, you know, AEW looks like a pretty awesome project, but I heard that they're not going to, you know, I mean, if they need producers or something like that, that'd be, I would definitely be interested in it, but it would really, uh, it would really depend. You know, I, I got other things going on too. So, you know, if I could figure it out, I mean, wrestling is still something that I love, uh, deep within my heart, but it's not something that I just need to always be a part of. So, you know, if the if, if a good opportunity presented itself, I would absolutely consider it. Well, you know, since you brought up AEW, you know, we were bringing up the talent swap of Lucha Underground. One of the one of the names uh, that really caught my eye that AEW picked up that has history with Lucha Underground is Sonny Kiss. Um, I don't know if you. Oh wanted, yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to talk just a bit about Sonny and AEW's decision to you know make him a central figure and put him up on this platform that he's at right now. Well, I mean, one of the first things I had ever said to Sonny when I met when I when I met him was that uh, I said, "You have it, like you're you're a star, and I see it, and I think you're going to be a big, big star one day." <laughs> and and it actually came from the recommendation of Matt Stryker. Uh, he came from the recommendation of Matt Stryker to me, and I watched some stuff. And I was like, "Man, this guy is unbelievable, and uh, just so different." Um, and, you know, I think that's something in Lucha Underground we kind of pride ourselves in kind of breaking the mold of, of the way things are normally done or yeah. how certain characters are presented. For sure. Like, you know, Sonny is a, a legit badass. <laughs> I mean, like, he whips people's asses. And, and I, I don't know. I just, I just think uh, the charisma, uh, the talent, like, I mean, he's just, just, just an amazing in-ring performer. And uh, I, I, I'm real excited for them, and, and I think that, that that was a great move on their part to, to, to pick him up. How do you think the, the pro wrestling fan base is going to react to a character like Sonny? I feel like a couple years ago it could have been like a knee-jerk reaction. I mean, what do you what do you think the, the landscape is like right now? You know, I, I don't know. I, I guess it all, will all depend on how he's presented in AEW, but I imagine they're going to present him pretty seriously and straightforward. Like, I mean, that, that was always my opinion is like, you know, if you present him the way that he's, he's performing out there anyway i think i think he's going to get over and he's going to be a big big star and and you know i love it i think it's um it, it's it's needed in pro, pro wrestling to 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 have uh you know a a, a gay character i i would say i think i think it's it's something that's been lacking and i think it's pretty awesome yeah, uh, well, and the other character I wanted to bring up from Lucha Underground is, of course, the current Lucha Underground champion, uh, Jack, Sw Jack Swagger. Uh, he was just victorious yep. in his debut for Bellator. Uh, what do you make of yeah. that? What do, yeah, talk to me a little bit about what you make of Jack's transition here to MMA and, you know, 
uh, I guess, you know, what that does for his stock in the world of pro wrestling to be this MMA badass now. I mean, I, I've always, Jake and I, or Jack, or however you want to call him, he, sure. he's been a friend of mine since uh, since he first signed with WWE. I, I worked with him there. We did a lot of those, uh, like, uh, Jack Swagger ceremonies where, you know, I, I was writing for SmackDown at the time. Oh, yeah. He, you know, with <laughs> celebrate all of his trophies and, <laughs> and and all those stuff and uh you know we just remained in contact and uh, i've always considered him a great guy i think he's an amazing athlete great performer and when we were talking about him coming to lucha underground he was like yeah I'm, I'm gonna, i want to do some mma fighting too and i was like you know what i i, I legitimately think this guy is going to do awesome <laughs> awesome oh. in mma uh, i mean he's an ncaa champion wrestler like i mean this guy is a legit badass dude so uh when i when i saw that he had won his fight i was i was not surprised one bit and uh yeah hopefully that continue he continues to be able to balance both and 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 both things can help him uh in his career like i even saw in his in his entrance at uh for the mma fight he he kind of had like a a wrestling style entrance and uh i really like that and uh, man i i he's a great guy and i wish him the best in both but yeah i think i think it'll raise his stock in both so what do you what do you make of the uh, rise of more mma grappler type wrestlers succeeding in pro wrestling right now yeah i think it's pretty cool i mean i, I i'm i'm a little bit more of the fan of like you know a little less of, of that i think like some, if it becomes too much mma then i think it becomes can become a little boring and not mm. what wrestling fans necessarily are looking for i got gotcha. you but i mean I, 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 I like it. I mean, it, you know, I, I love the larger than life characters and the, uh, you know, uh, and the, the, the crazy moves and, and, and the fun of professional wrestling, as long as it doesn't take the fun out of it, you know, I'm, I'm 100% okay with it. It sounds like you are a big Sonny Kiss fan, right? It's like that violence. I and, definitely and also, am a, <laughs> a huge Sonny Kiss fan. Pageantry <laughs> meets violence somewhere in the middle Sonny Kiss. Uh, well, I'll shift gears here a little bit. Uh, it is WrestleMania season. Obviously, you wrote for WWE for many years. Yep. Uh, what is the experience mm-hmm. like of writing WrestleMania? Just kind of broadly, what is the experience like of, of writing the biggest show of the year? Well, it's it starts usually about a year in advance. You start to lay out the card. Now, should that card actually stand or how many matches actually make it <laughs> by the end is a is a whole nother thing. You know, the landscape changes with injuries. Vince might change his mind. Something might get over. Something might not. Um, so you, you have a blueprint that you're looking forward to for the entire year. And then some of that goes away. Some doesn't. Uh, you make tweaks to it along the way. But, you know, the show actually doesn't get, get written until probably about a week before, like the actual script Whoa. of the show. Okay. Uh, um, and and sometimes the it even comes a little bit after. I mean, because you still have to figure out the lineup. So you get there WrestleMania week. You sit down. There's meetings early in the week. You figure out the lineup. You figure out you know. I mean, I, I know there's speculation of who's going to be what's going to be the main event of, of WrestleMania. So the, I, I I've heard that that's not even decided yet, and that's yeah. that's very possible. <laughs> because a lot of times you, you you get down into that meeting, they'll be politicking for it. I mean, one example I know of is um, WrestleMania 25. Um, you know, 
there was a portion of the room that felt that Taker and Sean should end WrestleMania 25. There was another side of the room that thought that Triple H and Randy Orton should end mm-hmm. <laughs> WrestleMania 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Triple H Randy Orton camp won. Do I think that was the right decision? No, but 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 those kinds of things happen. Those discussions happen, and it's eventually decided. You know, so um, you know some people felt like the 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 world championship match should be last. Other people felt like, wow, these two icons fighting one on one should be last. And uh, you know, I think it put a little chip on the shoulder of Sean and Taker to make sure that they were uh, they had the best match of the night, which, in my opinion, they did. They had a great so, match. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah it, it's it's those kinds of things that happen. There's you know, there's some, yeah, a little bit of backstage politics, figuring out the lineup. And then actually sometimes looking at the timing and being like, oh, God, uh, the <laughs> the Battle Royal isn't going to make it onto the show. That will be on the seven-hour pre-show. You know, <laughs> that, that, those kinds of things. Now, so, yeah, well, yeah. I, I'll be off for just a second here. I'll get back. I got another question uh, about the booking. But, you know, you bring up time and how long WrestleMania is. Do you think, I mean, how do you think they should handle this? I mean, do you think they should shorten it? Do you think they should make it like a, a two-day event? I mean, what do you think they should do with the the long length of WrestleMania, do about it? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I'm, you know, when I was there, it was a totally different scenario because you had pay-per-view and you had to hit the time. Now, now, now they have their own network. They can pretty much do whatever they want. As far as a live event experience, I can see like a seven hours of being at Ugh. WrestleMania can, could possibly be a bit draining, especially oh. for the fans who have been to, you know, Ring of Honor the night before, or yeah. AEW the night before, or, you know, uh, Impact versus Lucha Underground the night before. Like, you know, there's so many events that week, and then to sit there for seven hours in a stadium, uh, you know, can be exhausting. So, I mean, I, I guess I would be you know, of the opinion, like maybe you could do like a fun arena show, like on Saturday night or like before, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't have all the answers, but you know, I, I can see how, how for the, for the fan, it could be long, but you know, uh, it's, it's the biggest event of the year. So, so mm-hmm. maybe for some people there's, there's, uh, it's not enough wrestling. There should be more. <laughs> but maybe, maybe a couple matches at the Hall of Fame. That'll be the night before WrestleMania this year. That'll yeah, break that was. You know, I was going to say that, but uh, yeah, I think that'd be amazing. Really, you think they should have matches? I mean, the Hall of Fame is. I mean, I've been to a couple Hall of Fames. It is sometimes a drag. Some action. That's would... another event that goes way too long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. And, uh, I, and I, I always feel bad for 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 the guys because and girls because. They have they're there at the Hall of Fame. Next thing you know, it's one o'clock in the morning, and they got and you know everybody's got to be at, at the stadium like nine o'clock the next day, ready to go yeah. and uh, and ready ready to perform. So, yeah, it's uh yeah those those are all way too long events. But as everything in entertainment, a lot of things always go longer or take longer than they really should. Okay, uh, well I'll go back to your first WrestleMania. I believe it was two thousand five. It's interesting because as we were putting prep together for my chat with you. Uh, we realized that Triple H and Batista squared off at that WrestleMania. Um, and, they did. And they're going to square off again this year at WrestleMania. Yep. Very bizarre. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Take me back a little bit to what it was like to work with Hunter and Batista on that original WrestleMania match in 2005. Well, I mean, I had, it was my, I come from the TV studio where I was working at International, and I joined the writing team right at, right the day after no way out okay um before that wrestlemania so i had about i don't know a few months 
or a few weeks <laughs> on, on, the, on the writing team by the time I went to my first WrestleMania. I, I mean, most of the interaction I had had with those guys was like, you know, handing them copies of, of their stuff or, or whatever it might be, yeah. uh, kind of getting to know yeah. them. But, you know, I, I think at that point it was a super exciting storyline build. You had the, the end of evolution and yeah. kind of, the you know, Batista's rise out of that faction. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, it was an amazing experience being in my first WrestleMania uh, in Los Angeles, in, you know, in the Staples Center. WrestleMania goes Hollywood, all these cool vignettes that kind of led up to it. And um, uh, so... Yeah, it, it, it was definitely an exciting time. Um, you know, Triple H, of course, got a special entrance, as he always does. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I was very surprised, just to talk about this year's WrestleMania, that they were going with that match again. And and I've heard that like uh, that was Batista's like suggestion, but part of me is like, I don't really know if I believe that 100%. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, I don't know. To me, the bigger money match would have been, I don't know, Batista versus Brock, or like maybe Batista versus Roman would be more, a little more interesting. Um, I'd have done, Bati- like, me personally, I'd, I'd have done Batista Cena. I mean, while you can, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're both absolutely. there. Absolutely. You know, that's me. But anyway, go ahead. I mean, the, I mean, like, I think like Batista Brock is like something that we've never seen. I don't really recall ever seeing it. Mm. And it's like, that's another one where it's like you could have talked about their history going way back and like here's this big movie star and there's this big mma star and it's like i'm gonna beat the hell out of the hollywood star i don't know there could there could be something there but to me i just figured there was a much bigger money marquee matchup plus triple h i mean man he rushed back pretty quick from injury so uh, it'll be interesting to see i'm sure it'll be a great match I'm, uh, but uh yeah it was not really what i was expecting um you know, I also like to see somebody younger get 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 kind of that rub, but you know, they just you know, there's continually matches with with older guys in them a lot. Well, <laughs> it, it's interesting you say that because there's a guy who's been with the company for 11 years, but feels like a fresh face in the main event here going into WrestleMania, and that's Kofi Kingston. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I, reflect a little bit on me, uh, reflect a little bit for me about what it means to you to see Kofi in this position, and should this guy close the show by beating Daniel Bryan for the title? I mean, I think it would be amazing uh, if he did close the show. Uh, at the same time, I could also see uh, I could also see the girls closing the show too. So I, I think either one would be pretty awesome. I don't know if Kofi's going to beat Daniel Bryan. <laughs> um, Man, but that's why it makes it a great be... main event, right? I mean, that's that's why absolutely, you know? absolutely. Yeah. I, I will tell you this: I think that that's going to be the match of the night, one hundred percent. I mean, for me. Uh, knowing Kofi and 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 kind of where he came from, I mean, we almost kind of started around the same time, similar time, but you know, seeing him him finally get the ball is pretty exciting. Uh, there was a time where he had almost had it when we were doing like a feud with Randy Orton. I remember he did yeah. like some stuff with him in the garden. That was great. I, that I'll never like... forget that. Everybody, anytime you bring up when was Kofi Kingston the hottest, they go when he did that boom drop off of the whatever second level guardrail onto Randy Orton at the garden. That was a great moment. He, yeah, amazing. And and I think he just uh, he he just uh, he's just a great employee for them. I think and and a great talent. And I'm so glad that one of those guys in the new day, you know, too, uh, finally got, finally got, get, got an opportunity. And, but uh, I think it would be amazing to see him win the title at WrestleMania, but I think, yeah, there, there'll be some shenanigans. Uh, lastly, yeah. <laughs> lastly here, I'll ask you kind of change to, to a backstage topic. Um, Arn Anderson got released recently and he's kind of commented yeah. on how he thought his, his time had just run up. 
you know, you spent a lot of time backstage, yep. I'm sure, with Arn. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what it yep. was like and wor- working with Ar- Arn and what kind of an agent he is. Well, I was super surprised uh, to see that happen because, like, to me, Arn is probably a number one or number two agent on the show. I mean, he agent all of John Cena's matches, um, Randy's. I mean, like a lot of time, I mean, if, if it's a top talent match, chances are it's Arn has it or Michael Hayes has it. I mean, that's, that, at least that's, that was the way it was. Um, it was very surprising for me to see. I, I, Arn's just an amazing wrestling mind. Um, he was never like afraid to speak up about something. And, uh, but I, you know, I, I see his statements like, you know, eventually your time comes up here. <laughs> you know, it's totally true. That's uh, how, how it is there all the time. Uh, I would be like super happy if he popped up uh, to work uh, at AEW. I think that'd be awesome for him to to be an agent for them. I don't know if that's in the in the works, but I could kind of see that happening. Yeah, I've heard talk. Uh, I've heard buzz you know? about that. That seems like uh, something people. I mean, because I don't know, Starcast and and Double or Nothing are not or AEW are not intrinsically intertwined, I guess. But it is telling Arn will be yeah. there Starcast weekend, and he'll be able to share hotel rooms and have whatever conversations mm-hmm. he likes with people. Yeah. I definitely think that's happening. If he hasn't talked to Cody already, I'm sure he will. But, but, you know, I, I, but I think that would be great. I think it would be great for competition and all that. But yeah, I was, I was really surprised to see that, uh, you know, to me, Arn was always great to me. I mean, he, 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 would, he always called me Dick all the time <laughs> uh, for the character. You know? uh, I was like, Hey Dick, how you doing, man? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, a real great character, uh, and I'm sure he he he's gonna miss it there. But uh, yeah, I mean everybody's time comes to an end eventually. But never say never. I mean people always come back around. Bruce is back. Like I mean, yeah, you know, uh, you know, every everybody kind of gets sometimes uh, comes back around. That's what I guess they always say. Never say never. Well, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna let you get back on the road here, uh, Chris. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk. The end is uh, always in the beginning. I started off talking about how I have to show people photos of you as Big Dick Johnson. Obviously, Art Anderson also <laughs> sees you as Big Dick Johnson. So. Another big fan, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, big fan. Who doesn't love? Who doesn't love Krista Joseph covered in baby oil and uh, wearing a thong? Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, 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 my family. <laughs> my, my uh my my girlfriend is in the other room right now. She didn't have work today and I'm sure she's like, "What the hell is Nick talking about right now?" So uh, Chris, wanna... well, you'll have to show her. Oh, I will. Uh I want to thank you again. Anything you want to plug promote put over here to, before we wrap it up? Uh no, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Chris to Joseph or my Instagram uh I think it's at Chris R. to Joseph or at Chris to Joseph. I have no idea what the heck it is, but you can find it. Good. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, if any, I love chatting and talking pro wrestling. So if anybody you know, has any questions, anything, feel free. Hit me up. Ask me anything. Um, and um, it's pretty exciting. But I, I thank you for the time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check out Lucha Underground, check it out. It's really cool and fun. Um, you can get it on DVDs now. I think you can buy it on iTunes. Um, but yeah, check it out. Scott, how are you, man? Thank you for taking the time, brother. Yeah, no problem. I won't take too much of your time. Um, so, so we'll start real quick. Um, so, take me back to when did you decide that uh, you wanted to pursue stand-up comedy? Well, um, <laughs> actually, it it it, uh, it just came to mind after the CBS show. Um, 
while I was doing the world's best, I was actually uh, sitting amongst a few comedians that were on the wall of the world. And the one guy that uh, uh, was funny to me while we were there was a guy from South Africa by the name of Cap. And, uh, you know, just, you know, hearing his stories uh, and then him hearing my stories, kind of like, you know, uh, opened my eyes up that if my wrestling stories was funny to him and he's a pro, then I'm assuming it would be uh, that much more interesting to the core fans of uh, professional wrestling. And so, um, you know, I see that uh, uh, I, I wanted to use uh, this platform to be able to be uh, uh, to meet and uh, all my fans and have them uh, hear my stories, not only, uh, you know, with the Samoan dynasty, but my family, the, my kids, the Usos, and, and also my personal life. And uh, so I felt that, you know, why not? Let me try the, the comedy journey. Um, I love, I love, uh, I, I, I love, uh, what is it? Um, what am I looking for? I, I love competition, meaning mm-hmm. I wanted to get in there and to be able to uh, see if I was able to do this here. You know, I've done everything in professional wrestling, uh, but at the, at the same, and yeah, I challenge. Oh, I yeah, you want to challenge yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and the challenge is, is is to be able to get out there and mainly use utilize the platform of uh, hopefully my stories that in the comedy club uh, will will be able to you know, motivate those of uh, the journey of my life and my family's life to be able to um, understand that there is, if they're going through those type of problems or, or guessing themselves of, of, can I do this or, or yada, 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 uh, you know, hopefully my stories are able to motivate them and, and laugh about it as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, had a show at, you had a show at Punchline. Uh, so tell me what the, how was, what was that like? Oh, man, the punchline, shout out to the Bay Area. My humble beginnings where I was born and raised in the streets of San Francisco. Uh, it was an awesome uh, feeling for me uh, uh, to be able to be there. They they welcomed me as the native back home. You know, this, uh, the Bay Area showed nothing but love. Uh, you know what, Scott? It was real cool and personal for me. Not only that's where I was born and raised, but to be able to come back full circle 31 years later, um, uh, and be, you know, uh, uh, inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame and also be my first city to be able to jumpstart this Rikishi in your face gig. And it was awesome. It was a, a very uh, a fun experience. Uh, it, it just felt like I was home with family in a big living room, just having a ball and just uh, talking about stories of my life in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things, you know, you mentioned inspirational stories, stories that you've taken from your life. Um, what are, just give me a, an idea of what people can expect when they come to your shows. I mean, a little bit more specific on what do you talk about? <laughs> well, well, David, I'll tell you one thing that I'm tired of talking about is like, well, answering, like I read all my, 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 my comments, uh, I mean, fans comments that come to my social media. And I love coming back to answer. The one thing is to ask, why is there so many of the Samoan dynasty in the business? I'm like, well, damn it, I don't know. You know, I get tired of answering all of those questions. So that's one thing that I'm going to bring. 
Also, another thing is the family tree. A lot of people are confused about the family tree. That's another thing that I'm going to bring to the table. And then they talk about the splash from the cage, along Val Venus, and also the Helen as well. So these are the things that topics that are the core topics that I'm going to bring to them. And last but not least, guess what, Scott? It is the steam face. I was going to say, it's got to come up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who was the one that you like to give the stink face to? Uh, who liked the stink face? Who didn't like the stink face? And even how the character actually came about to where, uh, who was the one that actually um, started the stink face? Who came up with that idea? So that, I want to leave that, you know, leave that at the edge there. So, I'm able to come and listen to those type of core stories because all the conventions, all the meet and greets that I do, it's like the same questions all the time, and the stink face comes up to the number one list. Nice. So, um, so, so have you gotten any advice from? You know, there's so many right now. You know, some of your peers have gone on the road and and done these these speaking engagements. Nick Foley comes to mind as one of the ones who's really been successful at it, but. Have you gone for, to anyone with any advice about, you know, because this is, a you know, a new foray for you? Well, you know, I I, I, uh, I I've watched some of uh, Mick Foley. Of course, you know, anytime you're going into a new industry, you definitely want to do your homework. And, you know, I feel like, you know, professional wrestlers, our stories alone is just, you know, it's sad, it's happy. It's, it's uh, you know, comedy. It's funny. And I've done a few of my research on uh, what's a few of Mick Foley stuff. And, you know, Mick is Mick. You know what I mean? He's a funny guy in himself. You know, but the, the stories that uh, what I've learned from it is just to be able to go out there and tell it. You know, I can't. We, we're, we're wrestlers. Like, we don't, you know, you can't give us a script and have me read the script and, 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 and actually have me you know, follow the script. And what we do is we just adapt on the time. Meaning you're going to hear the Rikishi story. I can't tell anybody else's story, but my story, my my family story, my kid's story. And I'm going to open up the doors too, Scott. I'm going to open up the doors a little bit for the fans to be able to actually feel like what it is to be able to sit in our home and sit on our dinner table and, you know, some of the birthdays, some of the, you know, some of the hard times, you know, and so, I thought you know, when you were said, I'm, I'm I thought when you said sit at the table, I thought you were going to make it. You know, if they want to see the stink face or have the stink face in front of them, they can do that too. Well, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, hey, at our dinner table, you never damn know what will happen. And so, I'm a big <laughs> fan of, of comedy, of such as uh, uh, Cedric the Entertainer. You know, uh, one of the favorites, my favorites, is Bernie Mac. And now you got, you know, uh, Kevin Hart. I, I, I like the cable guy. You know, I like Adam Sandler, uh, but I'm like an old school cat, man. I, I'm I'm a big fan of Richard Pryor, and also Red Fox, uh, one of the greats in the business. But I really feel with the trend of uh, of wrestlers that I think that the comedy uh, the comedy club is going to be the next uh, hot thing for a lot of the uh, the wrestlers because I feel that the comedy clubs feel that the wrestlers can draw being able to come to their event. But not only that, is to be able to, for the wrestlers to be able to, to, to connect with a lot of our fans on a different platform. Mm-hmm. What are the, what is the family, what do the kids think of you uh, doing this? 
I wasn't they, think they think you're funny? They, they, yeah, they're like, Dad, boy, you know, that's my dad. You know, he's just going up there and, you know, I, I'm I'm like a father on the stage, really. You know, I, I don't try to go up there and be Rikishi. I just go up there and I tell the stories about being a father. Uh, but they're very supportive. They're, I mean, they're laughing at me being on stage. And a lot of the family members are like, okay. You know, some of them are nervous that I might tell their stories. And you never know. I might put it out there about a few stories about uh, family members. So, and that's what Uh-oh. it is. It's all, it's all fun. It's all out of love. It's all out of, you know, during that hour and a half that we're together, you can expect this, that we're going to bond together. You're going to hear my family's story. You're going to, you're going to hear about some of the, the matches I've had and some people that I farted on. <laughs> some people that didn't appreciate the same place. I mean, you know, even with Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon, you know. So I was going to ask you about that. the McMahons and taking the stink face and how they would feel about how they felt about it. But <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that was the real people stink face. That was for all the fans out there. I mean, how many times you get to get paid from your own boss at your job and you get to put your ass in your boss's face? <laughs> And get paid for it, Scott. Yep, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, last question, so, just um, uh, um, is there anything that's off limits? I mean, when people go to these shows, is there anything that you know you won't accept a question about? Well, um, no, man. Like I said, when I'm coming to these clubs, it's like I'm coming home. Like you know, family, we gonna talk. We're going to put it out there. There's certain things that they might uh, disagree of that I might agree on. I mean, we're just going to have a conversation. And I'm going to let you know by the time I leave that place, you're going to know the real person, not the Rikishi cat. You'll understand who Rikishi was in the industry. But at the, at the end of the day, you're going you're gonna to know about this Samoan 425-pound blonde, beautiful man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And I want to send right. a shout out. Thank you, thank you to uh, all the fans. Uh, you know, with our clothing line, that Blackout Fight Gear, our Samoan Dynasty uh, clothing line, the Ultimate Ulus uh, Gear has been the number one hot selling uh, merch on our on our Blackout Fight uh, uh, website. So I just want to put that out there just to say thank you to all the fans for supporting. Awesome. Well, it's it's fun to see you try something different and continue on. We saw you on CBS. And doing that world best, you know, world best. And I know you talked yeah. about in the past for me of doing a reality show that you're still trying to get off the ground, which I would love to see. I think there's really a great story to be told there with a reality show with all of the, the uh, Samoan dynasty well, there going on. Well, you know this, like that's one thing that you're gonna know about the the dynasty of myself. We're always on the move. As as I'm as I'm traveling to these different comedy clubs, it's important for me that I am documenting. Uh, this first journey into uh, into the the, the comedy uh, industry, and um, I've been uh, uh, filming my first gig, my second gig, also coming to Nashville. So I got some in I got some in the works that I definitely when I say I want to bring the fans into my life, get ready because it's coming. That is awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Where are you at? Are you in Florida or where? Yep, I actually live in uh, Orlando, so hopefully you get okay, to come down man. here one day. You locked my number down here. 
When I come over there, man, me and you gonna go get some Korean barbecue or something. We'll go. I'll, oh, I'll, all right. I'll hold you to that. I will hold you to that. <laughs> Absolutely. So send me all your your details and everything and your all right. contact. Well, the okay? num- the number I call the number you I called you on is my cell phone. So now you okay. have that. Okay. I'll I'll be waiting for the link too as well. All right. See you later. Okay. Oh, you you already know the dates for the Zanies and uh, the Brea. Yep. Yep, you actually sent oh, in the okay. email. You sent it to me, so I have that, and I have yeah. the the video. Okay. Um, they may actually use okay. this audio too, just in case you know, like for the part of a podcast too. So that'll be double exposure for you, not only in print but as part of audio okay. too. So they might pull from that. So we'll get double coverage. I'm gonna try to get this out so right before the twenty the if, next date, so you have that. Yeah, now I'll text you the website with our ultimate Ultimatum gear too as well, please. Awesome. Okay, sounds good. Okay, thank you, thank you, Scott. Bye bye. Okay. No problem. Bye bye. air horn thank you very much justin for joining me at the top of the show that's dj z's gimmick it is look i'm dj z do you realize you just had so we just had krista joseph and rakishi on the show do you realize the amount of uh time spent on live television those two guys have had a thong up their ass wow <laughs> sorry i have this new gimmick i can here this is the other one there we go i got all kinds of sounds i can do now but yes, sorry, I wasn't even really listening. I got distracted by my ass. Yes, Joseph and Rikishi. What a legacy those two have with their butts. A lot of ass cheeks. A lot of ass cheeks. Uh, thank you, Justin, for joining me to talk the news at the top of the show. Thank you to Chris and Rikishi here uh, for joining uh, us on the show as well. Tomorrow, we're going to be back with a brand new episode. Justin's going to be back with me talking the news of the week. Uh, we're going to have interviews on the show tomorrow with AEW Sammy Guevara and Impact Wrestling's Moose. Uh, great interviews, both of them. Uh, also, of course, we still have our Twitter promo code contest running till Friday. If you want to watch all 11 shows that are part of Fight TV's The Collective Package, including Bloodsport, both the Joey Janela Spring Break shows, uh, Black Label Pro, uh, the Orange Cassidy gimmick, uh, and many more, go on over to our Twitter account. Find the I just retweeted it this morning. Find the tweet. you got to retweet it. you got to follow us in Fight. you got to let us know. Which of the shows during uh, the as part of the collective package you're most interested in seeing? We'll pick a winner at random this Friday. And of course, I got I can't end the show without one last time. You got to go over to the Pro Wrestling Tees Wrestling Inc. store. It's only 19.99. Our brand new Jacked Journalist T-shirt. It is awesome. It is a wrestler whose gimmick is being a pro wrestling journalist. I'm surprised, by the way, Justin. That is not a character that has already existed in pro wrestling. I feel like that's a layup right now. Well, maybe some, maybe right now some young trainees listening and, and the idea has just been sparked. Always going up to people in the back looking for scoops, getting laid out, getting upset about it, oh, trying to bury the story. So many things you could do with a journalist in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, and Justin, uh, with that, what do you want to plug from up put over here to wrap up the show? Uh, follow me on social media and at Justin Labar. And again, uh, we've got a few spots still remaining. Fifty-five bucks. Fifty-five bucks. That'd be like one round of drinks and food inside of MetLife Stadium. But at the tailgate that I'm helping host before WrestleMania in the MetLife Stadium parking lot, fifty-five bucks gets you registered in a spot for all you can eat, all you can drink at the tailgate. Do it. Go to tailgatejoe.com. Register your spot while there's still a few left. Make sure you use the code seventeen A. That's one seven. The letter A. All right, and uh, I'm going to try to get to the mailbag tomorrow, so I hope I don't false advertise for the seventh time, but if you use the hashtag Winkly, Justin and I will try to read some tweets 
at the end of the show. Also, on Tuesday, we're going to have some big news we're announcing about a Friday episode of The Winkley, uh, which I'll tell you about off the air here, Justin. Um, but yes, we are going to have some news here on Tuesday that I am uh, very excited to share with all of you out there. All right, I am Wink Rebel at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Follow me there for all my live tweets and other stupid videos that I put out. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>